Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 54. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Introducing a new incarnation of world-renowned spiritual teachings, Higher Balance Dojo. Dojo is Higher Balance's latest digital training membership. Inside the Dojo studio, you'll find loads of curated content, handpicked and organized to help you learn the most important lessons and techniques that are guaranteed to bring about spiritual transformation, initiate real mystical experiences, and inspire you to reach ever-increasing new heights on your journey to spiritual awakening. Sign up for a $1 trial to Higher Balance Dojo now and experience it for yourself by visiting hbidojo.com. That's h-b-i-d-o-j-o.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the rebel guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. Order now and we'll include a free guide listing three techniques you can start doing right away to hone your psychic mind. In this episode, break through common misunderstandings in the paranormal community and rearrange your perspective to see ghosts and entities in a new light. This podcast was recorded live stream over Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. To see the video format, go to rebelgururadio.com forward slash paranormal. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, this is new and different. All right. Yeah, first, this is our first <laughs> well, I don't know. You look so, of... you, you're making me look bigger. We should have pre-done this. Look how skinny you are. I, all of a sudden, I feel huge. <laughs> Jesse, you need to sit back over here. All right, let's let's go. Here, put this on the list. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make note. <laughs> no more skinny guys. All right. Um, well, we got our first people coming in. Um, so welcome, everyone. There is, we're going to be doing – there's a new series of podcasts for Rebel Guru Radio that we're doing. Um, so let me, let me stop. I'm sure there's people wondering what the hell happened and, uh, we're going to call it instead of a wardrobe malfunction, a haircut malfunction. I, uh, opted to decide I was going to cut my own hair. I bought these new clippers and I thought like one, two, three, four are the sizing. And I put very, 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 I guess when you, they're made to shave your head, they're, they're serious business because I went like this and I was just like, (gasps) Oh, And so this is the improvisation. Uh, ta-da! So hopefully it'll grow, you know, from these sides. Not so much here, but, you know, it'll work. All right. All right, awesome. My, my um, gangster look. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the topic for the podcast is going to be about ghost entities, uh, paranormal. Um, so I had some questions that came in, you know, through the groups, Um so the first question we have here, what ways would you recommend your students or new people approach the idea of ghost hunting? Well, that's a very vague question. What do you, what do you I, mean? I, um, what ways would I recommend my students, I don't like calling them students, but okay. uh, or new people's approach the idea of ghost hunting? That is I guess, so vague. Yeah, I guess it, yeah. All right. Let, let me try to, to just figure out what that – very vague question actually means. Um, I do not prescribe to traditional ghost um, definitions. Uh, I, I think that the majority of hauntings are not necessarily ghosts. I think that 
the the is a, a attitude in the I don't know if I would call it industry, but in the the ghost industry uh, that everything's a ghost and there's only like a few varieties or a few situations where maybe an entity or 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 you know a negative aspect or whatever. I just think it's a lot broader than that. For instance, what I'm saying is is that I think that there are a lot of older houses, usually on the East Coast, that have walls made out of like chicken wire and mortar. That's what they would do what we have for sheetrock today. And that was a heavy mineral that's in this this paste. And like sound waves, when you feel it bouncing, I think that you could have had some people back in the 1800s, a little house party at night. Everybody's done working, helping their friends make the house and stuff. The walls are drying. They're laughing. They're, they're doing stuff. They're shouting out to maybe the person's wife, hey, bring out some beers, you know, got some, some pretzels cooking or something. And that sound wave, I believe, is somehow recording into the walls. And this, this goes back to um, an archaeological kind of thing years ago, years ago. I don't know what, what, how, how accurate it is, but they were taking a sternograph needle on this pottery and they were able to pull sound waves, like an old record, from that. And it was basically a potter making the potter, a man talking to what would be his daughter in the doorway. These sound waves were, were caught. So I think that when you have low ear pressure in the air, this is what makes a house creak and vice versa. This is energy. So you could say that what is absorbed into there crudely, okay, or like for, for those of us old enough to remember different speed levels for a record player, what could have been, ha ha, hey, come bring us the beers, sounds like, you know, like, like creepy. So I think that you have situations where you're audibly hearing sounds that sound intelligently designed, and they are, but they're not necessarily a ghost or a haunting. It's, it's really just something that's audibly, crudely being released acoustically from, from walls. Uh, I would even go as far as to say that oftentimes I think there's a holographic level to where people see an entity. If you're one step to the right or one step to the left, you may not see it. But the person in the right place, kind of like a prism, is kind of lined up for the most thing. And what they say is all the time, you see this person without really any emotion walking down the hallway, see all the details, hang a left or a right, go through a wall. If you look at the history of the property, you find out there used to be a door there. So... The thing is, is that it's always the same motion. It's always very similar patterns that you see this person doing. So this brings up another thing. Is it a hologram projecting itself? Or are we talking about time being replayed in a way? So I, I don't subscribe to... I'll give you the, the, the guardian angel, okay? So I'm going to probably get some slack for this. But when people say, oh, I have a guardian angel, you know, of course I do the eye roll. Here we go, okay? <laughs> because I'm thinking in my head like, like an intelligent being, assuming they're intelligent like us uh, or more, more so, they're, they're, what's their job? They're going to be knitting in the corner waiting for something terrible to happen to you? Like, oh, no, Maria's about to burn her hand on the pot. Better run over there with my wings and, 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 and save her, Okay. I don't think an intelligent intelligence is, is going to commit to essentially babysitting. Uh, I think that they're going to want to move out and, and do other things as an experience, just like we would as, as living our own lives. So this is true for entities. This is true for, for ghosts. If they are truly there and they're haunting a place, if they're legitimately a ghost, why is an intelligence – just so absorbed with F you, move out, Ugh, hate you, die, you know, like all these, I, I, I just don't, I, that's not been my experience. Um, I, I just, could you imagine yourself? Could you imagine haunting a place like that's your job for the next hundred years? I mean, how do you kill yourself if <laughs> you're already terrible. a ghost? It's living hell. <laughs> so, so I don't prescribe to the one size fits all paranormal, ghost hunting, yada, yada. I, I think that if you want the truth, you very much have to be very careful and discerning to kind of go through the data or go through your experience without emotionally being invested. And when you do find the real deal, the real stuff, 
you really find that there's a wealth of, of information there that is incredibly useful. I don't know if that helps or not. Okay. No, I think that clarifies a lot for maybe people who haven't heard of, you know, like your ideas about how sound can be recorded in the wall or video. Oh, I got a lot of ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know it's but per- my ideas are just, just are not ideas. I mean, uh, I'm getting a little old now. We won't go there. Yeah. But I've seen a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two, right. (laughs) And the bottom line is, is that it's a lot of what I have to say is really based on my experiences from doing a lot of investigations, largely in my my younger days. Yeah. Okay. Um, See if we have any questions. Uh, Phyllis, I'm not sure, sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, but they're saying, uh, Phyllis, you don't believe spirits and energy can get trapped. Not sure what that means. I, I don't believe they can get trapped, or she's saying she don't believe they can get trapped. Um, I think she's trying to clarify whether you believe they can get trapped or not. All right. Um, God, I'm going to get in so much trouble today. Okay. I, don't, I don't prescribe to this, this kind of old-school approach in, in how we look at these things. Um, I, I just think it's too vague. A spirit gets trapped or they're, they're stuck in a house. I, I just think that's a, a mis reading based on uh, a limited amount of information to try to, to grasp a situation. So I'll, I'll give you a point. There's so many possibilities. It's like how many species of fish are in the ocean? There's not five or ten. There's, there's so many variations. How many personalities are there in human beings? There's, there's a lot. So when you say to me, do I believe, and I'm assuming that's what it is, that an entity can be trapped or whatever, I that's a yes and no answer. And, and hear me out. I I think that in some cases, a person can go through a traumatic death, a life-to-death situation. And in that process, there is um, kind of a broken or fragmented state of consciousness. So like in a dream, you run and you feel like somebody's chasing you, but you feel like you should be able to run faster, but you can't. You also have this dream reoccur over and over again. So there's not a sense of time in that moment. Like you're not thinking about this has happened, but there's kind of a knowing in you. So I think that in some cases where you do legitimately have a haunting, that that particular entity is somehow fragmented in their consciousness. They're looping. They're, they're not aware of what they did yesterday or an hour ago, and they're compulsed to redo or re-engage things kind of over and over in a way. This is where you get the old school thing about go to the light, go, you know, they're, they're trying to break the cycle of that being's state of mind. So I'm not saying that these things don't happen. I just think that almost everybody puts this into that that a haunting is a haunting is a haunting. And I'm like, no, a haunting isn't just a haunting. It, there's variables in place. There's there's reasons. Uh, as far as saying like, you know, magic-wise or spell-wise or, or whatever that you can trap a soul or an energy, I just think that's so old school. Um, I, I think that you have people, just like in real life, who mentally have some issues. And I think when you go into a situation where you become energy or consciousness and time and space really become irrelevant, that you you can end up in a situation where you're confused. What I'm saying is, is that I think that that is far fewer for an event than most people would would think that everything's that's how ghosts all you know they're everywhere the the you know the the uh, whatever ship the mary whatever uh whatever which ship am i thinking about the mary or something? Right, the queen mary queen you know mary. it's good ghost next mm, i i i think that those are not intelligent ghosts what i mean is is that i think that they are holographic ghosts in 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 the sense that the ship is projecting this depending on the amount of energy and, el- and electricity running through the walls. And I've, I've been on the ship. And I think that, that this is not an intelligent interaction. And if it was, maybe there's one or two intelligent ghosts here, but the rest of them are all non-player characters. They're, they're, they're all holograms. And so we bunch them all together, assuming that everything is intelligently interacting. I'm saying, no, slow down. If we want the truth, we've, we've got to make sure case by case, what's what. Right. Yeah, if it was actually an entity, they would be they would be interacting with you. 
Well, right. and some entities don't want to interact with you. Well, yeah, maybe that too. Um, but th- there is truth. It's 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 what I'm saying is that there there it's not that I'm saying that they're not true hauntings. I'm just saying that if you're going to ask me what my opinion is, it's it's like goddamn, I need like four hours to break this down. Okay, it's yeah. not simple. It's not a, a five minute statement. There are variables to every situation and every haunting. And when we start classifying everything into one group, we're really, really losing out on learning more about these things. Yeah. I would say if you want to find out more about that, there, we have a module available called... Um, sales pitch. Yeah, a little sales pitch. <laughs> but good stuff. Uh, it's called Energy Beings. So check that out and you'll get a much more in-depth you know, uh, yeah, understanding. Um, so moving on... We will go to um, how can how can you know whether you're really experiencing an entity or whether it's something else? Well, that kind of falls in line with what you're. Well, are all about, your questions so. that vague? Yeah, let's, anyway, let's do a different um, one. That's, yeah, well, well, listen, let me just try to answer that. Reread okay. it again quickly. Hey, right, if you want to, <laughs> uh, how can you how can you know whether you're really experiencing an entity or whether it's something else? Okay, so let let me try to fill that in. So you are having some kind of experience. You're pretty sure it's an entity, but you're not a hundred percent sure that that you're correct. It's an entity. Um, listen, that is a situation by each situation by each situation. I can't say whether yours is real or whether it's in your head, a figment of your imagination. I would say, and some people may take offense to this, I think the vast majority, 85, 90% of almost all paranormal activity by people is really their, their own mind racing away. And in some cases, it's really a level of psychic ability that's not really understood within that person like empathetically or empathing or telepathy or feeling things and they they themselves are actually doing this they're they're attaining it but they they don't realize it's their own abilities giving them this information so they think it's outside of themselves hence an entity or spirit so again it's a case by case situation um, and other times it's just people's imaginations just just running away. And, um, you know, everybody wants to believe that, you know, that's not the case for them. But, but in a lot of cases, that's what it is. In the situation that it is real, what, what you're really looking for, at least what I look for, is phenomenon that is not easily dismissed. It's, it's hard enough finding evidence with the paranormal. So... You start off by by kind of fielding the situation, you know, like uh, most cases, an entity or an experience, the bed might violently shake. Now, I'm, I'm not a prescriber to demons or the devil or anything like that. I don't buy into that either. But, uh, you know, I've had my bed shaken in the past. So I, it, it happens. And I've, I've got, you know, my my um, information I share in, on those experiences. You are looking for objects moving. You're looking for things like that. Smaller stuff that you have to ask yourself, is that person got a good mental aptitude? But objects that disappear and, are in, and reappear. If you're certain you left something in a certain spot and it reappears somewhere else, get a video recorder out. Start, start documenting things. Uh, if you're hearing voices or you're hearing things, document it. Um, but that's your, your, your best bet. Um, uh, that's what I get to say on it. So it's hard to say it's a case-by-case situation, but, but ghosts are real. There's no question about it. I just think that we need to find better ways to sort out quality encounters versus hodgepodge encounters. Yeah. Sure. <coughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so say someone is you know experiencing like a, an, an actual entity. Mm-hmm. Um, what are – what – what things do you teach to for someone to be able to like defend themselves? I, I, I think the first thing that I want to say about dealing with an entity is, I this is going to sound terrible, but I think they're misunderstood. Um, once again, m- m- the majority of entities, it is assumable that they were once a human being, an intelligent human being. They they baked pies, they drove a truck, they. They cut down trees. They had children. They had a life. Maybe they're angry. Maybe they're pissy. Who knows, okay? But there's a level of rationale. I think that when you find aggressive entities in some cases, 
it's more an act of frustration trying to communicate with you because they don't have ears. They don't have eardrums. They don't have vocal cords and lungs to propel sound the way we do. They can't even see us in the same way we see one another because of the eye cones in our eyes. They don't have that. So what do they perceive when they know that there is life through this veil, if you will, this, this shared environment but maybe dimensionally side by side? They want to talk. That's the bottom line. They want to communicate with you. They want to say, I am here, okay? We don't know when they respond to us, not, not necessarily even on, on whatever means. We don't know in time-wise whether that, that verbiage, whatever way it's conveyed, and we hear it, whether it took a second or whether it took an hour. Uh, what I'm suggesting is, is that would you be frustrated if you felt you were hollering at somebody at the top of your lungs, I'm here. If you were, were trying to find a way to get their attention, like you were trying to move an object, but that object, because your hand passes through it, it takes an immense amount of energy just to rattle it, just to get to do a tiny little thing. So I think that there's a lot of frustration in entities. There's a lot of anger in that sense that they can't get through. So if the approach was more tactically different, in, in the sense of how you communicate, I think that the results of, it, of, a, of an encounter would also dramatically change too. But it's got to be incredibly frustrating as much for them as it is for us trying to, to find a, a form to have dialogue. Um, so the, again, it's a case-by-case -case situation, and I, I would have to look at, at each thing. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that answered the question. Well, ask again. You know, <laughs> It's no, water, I promise that's you. That's great information. That's very helpful. Um, yeah, I was just ask the question like, again. So the question is um, like if like let's say you're actually encountering a negative some kind of negative energy. What I'm saying what, is is don't make the what, assumption it's a negative energy. Yeah, How do you know yeah, it's I a get, negative entity? You did, did it pull right, your hair? Did it right. bite you on your ass? I oh, mean, what what did you. it do? Is what I'm trying to say. So so your apprehension right away is is human nature. Oh, We're oh, fearful gotcha. of anything we don't understand. That's how we survived, okay? okay so when we see something, we get spooked, we back off. The other day, my dog has a, a ball he plays with all the time. It's laying out there. He goes around the corner. He sees it. He doesn't identify it. His hair standing up. He's backing up. And I'm like yeah. looking, and I'm like, listen, Dodo, it, it's your damn ball. Until he see me go over close enough, then he was like, oh, back to normal. It's natural for us to become fearful and even aggressive when we don't understand something. Okay. By that very resolve in our nature, when we do encounter phenomenon, it scares us. And so therefore our response is to make the assumption that it's evil, it's bad, or it's got bad intentions for us. And that creates a, a atmosphere that's kind of projected in that direction and starts to, to compound. Um, so that's one. So if you, if you come across a bad entity, is that what it is? Um, yeah, yeah. If like, if, yeah, if it was a bad entity. Okay. Look, is, there's what, a million ways what to do you Sunday. Teach to do, okay. You know, to there's the, the fast and simple, you know, the, the Chinese really understood a lot about energy, you know, Japanese feng shui, all this. And they used to say that if a house was haunted, that they would have to remove the roof. And by exposing the roof, it's almost like the soul or the negative energy from the house would, would release out. So there, there's that. There, there's the idea that by opening up windows with the idea of letting things escape, that sometimes this has a very interesting effect. It's simple, too, in a, in a weird way. Um, the other thing that you have to keep in mind is, is that I'm a, a big believer that – you, you're if you look at not everyone, not every single, not you know, rule of thumb. This is a basic statement. It doesn't mean it fits every single case. But what I find in many hauntings is that when you try to boil down to when did the hauntings begin, because there's usually a beginning. People were like, well, we we were doing blah 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 blah, and we we moved some new furniture around, or we did something. That's what I'm looking for. I think that you you indirectly create or increase what we'll call magnetic disturbances. What I mean by that is we know that magnetic kind of electrical waves move through the walls, through electricity, through wiring, through all these things. When you take a couch and you push it up against a wall that already maybe has a pocket for whatever reason of it emanating out, the springs and the metal material in it, I think act like an amplifier and because they're, they're so designed a certain way, it's like winning the lotto just, just by chance. 
it is now opening or creating a vortexy situation that for some reason accommodates entities or phenomena through it. Um, so I often say that, that likely there's a, a pattern somewhere in the furniture, just like you holding the antennas to an old black and white or static TV and it comes in. So I would say to people, as crazy as it sounds, because it really works, move the furniture around. If you move the furniture around, you're breaking whatever that million dollar chance was that you created a vortexy energy or feeding energy to, to entities in your environment. And it's a very quick fix. If that doesn't work, and most likely it is gonna work, then we, we continue narrowing down the, the, the situation. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I had one experience that I, I don't know if I should share on oh, this yeah, platform. Oh yeah, share, spit it out, let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, like once one experience I had was um, uh, like sleeping, you know, sleep, I was woken up on, by, it out. by yep. like this, I felt like an energy field or some kind of magnetic field yep. um, presence in the room yep. with me. Yeah, usually it's usually and, a uh, static kind of energy. It's like a yeah. real thing you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so was, was it, is that wrong to assume that's negative? Yep. Like just because you feel Absolutely. Just because you feel that? Just, yeah. well, you're scared. You're, you're yeah, what, what is I, in the room with me? Exactly. Ah, yeah. like, you know, who invited it? You know, ah, but I don't think that entities think in the same terms that we do when they come into a room. I, I'm a firm believer that that room for some entities doesn't exactly exist. So it's like saying if you're walking through the woods and somebody's out there having a picnic and they're screaming at you because you just entered their space. Yeah. You're looking, well, I don't understand. There's no walls here. It's forced. Yeah. To it, it may perceive in that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what are they saying? Are yeah, they, let's see. What, are they bitching and complaining entities, yet? Often, Joe's, Josh says, oftentimes entities respond to human interactions yeah. in various ways. If you start construction, the and I can't see the rest of what he wrote because no, well, it says it cut it off. Quicker, come on. Uh, spiritual... Initial often triggers appearances, sure has with me. All right, all right. Uh, well, these okay, are moving so too quick, and yeah, let's, let's, let's just go. Let's go back to this here. So, okay, this is interesting. Why do some entities feel like huge clouds and static of static electricity, and other beings' energies, bodies feel more refined and soft, like less of a presence? Um. Look. First of all, the, the interpretation of cloud or static or fuzz or softer um, is, is not necessarily from the entity. It could also be from the person who is sensing it. It is a, a skill or a how you draw it in and how you define what we would call different names or different personalities. You may interpretate that energy through your own self in a way that you would describe as, as this or that, while the person next to you, in many cases, would describe it differently. So it's to say in the old way where you know people have different tastes in food. Maybe your your taste is different than mine. Mm -hmm. Maybe your sense of music or interpretation of music is different than my interpretation of music. I'm like, how yeah. can you miss that? Yeah. So we, we have to take all of that into consideration. But there, there are situations where you have spirits or entities that are just discharging a stronger amount of energy. Uh, I'll, I'll give one particular case. I was at the White Eagle in, in Portland, Oregon once, and it's, it's known for being very haunted. And I'm very skeptical usually. I'm just, you know, roll the eyes again like, okay, it's haunted. And it turned out to legitimately be legit. And we we were told, you know, oh, well, you smell, you know, the, the, the perfume and blah, 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 and you do this and that. And sometimes it's true. You do smell, you know, different smells and stuff. So we were in there, and all of a sudden, I, I was like, I cannot take the perfume smell in there. And I knew that it was being generated from a consciousness, meaning an entity. And I was like, I need ear. The second I said that, I felt the static charge of the entity move past me, hence what we're talking about, that, that static field. Now, that was a very strong, sharp feel is what I would describe it, not soft. But its intentions were not bad at all. It just was very much presently very strong. And here's how I know it was strong. It went over to the window. The window was one of these that slide open, but it had a very old metal thing that kind of dragged it. So to open, because we tested it later, it's very hard to open and close. This window just went wide open. Per my request that I wanted ear to breathe because it was so overpowering. So I think that if that entity lacked the ability or wasn't powering up moving towards that window past me, I might have described it as being softer. 
as an energy moving past me, but I, I doubt that it would have been able to open the window or have the energy to manifest something in our dimension to move. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it doesn't. It's just like, it needs say it sounds energy. great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It needs All right. Well, you're saying it. Yeah, you're saying that the being needs. I think a it's an interpretation of energy, of, of energy, of energy and it, it shouldn't be interpreted. What I'm afraid of it's being interpreted as bad intention or yeah. good intention. Yeah. And I think it's more about how how much it's in our dimension forming itself or, or trying to generate enough power to be here. Okay, gotcha. Um, um, so. Are some entities not mobile, like unable to move at all? Well, I'm, I'm going through my mental warehouse of, of experiences and encounters. Um, I, I don't know if I would say that there have been encounters I have least at least been aware of that they were immobile. So I'm trying to define what does that mean. Does that mean like they can't move out of a out of a, a certain room or a certain space, does that, that mean it's a house they can't leave? I mean, it's it's vague. So, um, so that becomes a yes and no for me. I think some are kind of stuck in in a home, just like some people think that they have germ issues and they can never leave the house. It's psychological. Well, an entity can have just as many psychological issues as a, as a person. So they've are convinced. I don't think anything is is trapped or forced to to be in any circumstances. I think it is self-imposed largely because of 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 how much consciousness or how awake they are, how aware they are of their situation. Okay. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> any questions coming in? I would say there uh, Josh there's Josh says, I would say there are some that are attached to an object, but not necessarily immobile. So I'm not sure. <sighs> this is old school, too. I mean, this is, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren and, and all this stuff. Look, uh, yes, something can be maybe attached to an object. Um, I, I really don't prescribe to the concept that it gets it gets attached to an item and it obsesses over it like oh the doll is leaving the house i gotta follow it it's going to somebody else's house i'm going to haunt that house okay on the same token you could have an entity that's obsessing over an object and maybe that would lead into that i every time i've been in a situation where i've been told that they follow an object and when i test that theory i've never seen it to be true I, I'm going to call BS in that this is one of those things that got inserted into poltergeist, paranormal, occult thinking, and it's just a fallacy. I, I don't buy into it. I think that there, there is a level of rationale. Maybe there's a momentary attachment. Maybe there, there's, there's certain things. But I, 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 I think in the bigger picture, you know, like when you think of Ed and Lorraine, there's these objects and, you know, they're, they're, they're super obsessed. And then they collect them all in their house and they charge tickets for people to come in and see the spooky objects. I, I mean, the house should go up in a vortex hole. I mean, come on. Okay. Uh, so I just figured out how to get questions here. We're figuring it out as we go. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep my the, cynical statements yeah. to myself. We're on air. <laughs> my, my pleasant, um, happy self. Lord, we'll get better uh, this thing next time. Um, is it, Leonard says, is it possible for some hauntings to be a projection uh, experienced from an intelligent, developed species? Okay, we're getting more complex, and Too we're complex. starting to get into simulated reality and everything, okay, yeah. which I cover yeah. in-depthly, okay? You I do, just yes. don't know if this <laughs> conversation is really going to uh, – I think that it, it, that conversation is going to take away from, from oh, yeah. the essentials okay. of people getting I to know. I agree. Right. Okay, let's see if there's anything else coming in here. Um, Joanne says, do people who commit – Horrendous crimes on Earth go to the same place. Are those who do good on Earth? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that it's a bad question. It's, yeah. Okay. I, it's 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 this gets into a very touchy okay. subject. Okay. So let's let's keep it real. What is your definition of of morality? Well, keep in mind something. You're you if if I were to set up a 
casino here in California, I'll go to jail. If I were to do it and set it up properly in Vegas, I wouldn't go to jail, okay, or in Nevada. So is it criminal here and not criminal there? Is So every state has different laws. Every country has different laws, different values, different moral perspectives, okay? So where to the universe is the, the moral meter of right and wrong to define whether you go to a bad place or you go to a good place or, or how we, we sort everything out. That's one, okay? So we as humans want to apply our personal values as to what is right or wrong and what how something should or shouldn't be punished for their actions. Now, number two is keep in mind that, you know, animals kill animals every day. Animals kill people every day. Um, where is the the ethic or moral spiritually God or or whatever intervening in these things or, or does it even care? Because in a lot of ways it, it doesn't seem like it does. Okay, so I think that when we we look at the subject of what happens to entities or people if they've done bad things or good things, you need to take a step back and reanalyze how we interpretate or value rights and wrongs. And in so doing, it really changes the, the outlook of what I'll say next in that I, I don't think that there is as much of a punishment or hell or, or, uh, uh, or these things as, as you might think. Um, you know, it's to say that if God exists, I always like it when the Christians are like, you know, damn the gay people, damn the Muslims, damn the – God hates them, smiting them. Look, they blew up the club. They got all shot because God wants it that way. Their church gets blown up by a, a, a tornado. They're mom. They're not mom. Well, I'm like, God hates you. God hates you. That's why they ripped down your church. God hates you. Okay? It's true. See? Okay? So this is picking and defining how you want to see the world and justify your own interest. Okay? I don't think that God is moralistic in the same sense that we perceive values. I think it, the universe, God, call it whatever you want, is energy. In a sense, it's immortal. It doesn't really, it's not really restricted by time or relates to time. So whatever is playing out in our own playground for actions is, is not necessarily in its eye an act of good or bad. That's us wanting to see it that way. And it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow because we want to believe that there's justice and there's right and wrong and, and how that works. And there is. It's just complicated. Get the modules. So yeah. in, in, in essence, um, once again, it's, it's hard to answer that question in a very simplistic way. There's nothing simple about what I teach. I can't spool out kindergarten information and tell you live your life with it. I, my mind is too complicated for that, and I, I want truth. And so to give you an answer, I feel like I'm cheating you if I want to, to be very thorough in that information. Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> thanks for everyone's questions, by the way. Um, so Ryan says... When ghost hunting, should you go alone or with a group? Well, this is this is a very good question in a weird way, but I think um, if you go in a group, listen, this is this gets into another one of these weird things, okay? If you go to a graveyard with a screamer, okay, usually that's you know some person who's really 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 scared of ghosts, and everywhere they look is a ghost. I always say put, put them in the front. Put them in the front. You know, it's like kind of bait for the sharks. You know, let's flush them out, okay? Uh, there's a truth to that because they seem to amplify through their, their, their dialed-in anxiety, if you will, their energy, their whatever. Uh, they, they tend to draw out a little bit more phenomenon. So when you apply that kind of thinking, you know, a lot of people who are going to haunted places, you know, there's this spooky, unknown, we're going to have an encounter, maybe, maybe not. Is it going to be evil? Is it going to be bad? Most people lean towards the negative rather than thinking, oh, we're going to have a warm and fuzzy encounter. So when you have a group of people, it diminishes that sense of vulnerability. So you, you, know, you rather should go with maybe two people, three at best, 
rather than anything beyond that size, I would I would suggest because there's safety in numbers per se, and I think that when you have that many people, you're going to have a much lower uh, success rate. It's not impossible; it's just going to be lower, and it depends on the phenomena. You know, I mean, there there have been situations where in New New in, in New England that they they see. Um, military, you know, civil war people, you know, and the interesting thing about that is there, there's a group of people, they see it, they go, you see these, these civil, there's civil war actors, whatever, and the other person goes, well, wait a minute, they're walking on tree level, like they're, they're holographically moving, you know, 10, 20 feet off the ground, so if you go, the interesting, if you go back in time, you'd see that that area was plowed and brought down, you know, so is this a time relay, is this time replaying itself and you're seeing it visually rather than it being ghosts? So, so if you're going to a space, I think that if you're going to engage something, I think less is best. I think going by yourself is probably not such a good idea because if you do happen to get freaked out and you run and you trip over a gravestone or something like that, you can really get hurt. And I've seen crazy things happen. You know, I've, I've done my share of adventures. And so while you, you probably want to go with at least one person, if anything, to confer with as to what you've seen and experienced is it the same thing that the other person experienced? Okay, I mean it's like confirmation, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. We do have working going on in oh, the background. Yeah. It wouldn't be HBI if we didn't have dogs barking, cats meowing, or Luckily, people walking in giving their ideas randomly. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, spontaneous, right? <laughs> um, so the I think this is a cool question. Um, can entities affect your dreams, and to what level can they have? What level of effects? Um, I think that 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 depends on the entity, and I also think it depends on that person. Okay. Um, if that person is is on the higher scale of being um, empathic, meaning you feel a lot from other people and stuff like that. You know, if you're not careful or you're not aware of that, um, you can have an entity want to to convey with you, and that usually ends up in in dreams. And it it's you have to understand it's it's not organic like you. It's energy. It's organized energy. <coughs> so <coughs> when it's communicating to you. All right, let me let me explain telepathy. Let's let's go there first. I don't believe you hear people talking in your head like you hear like, "Oh, I got to go do the laundry today," okay? Telepathy works in the sense that you feel something, okay? So I call it like a hankering. If you were a pregnant woman, they say they get a hankering for pickles. Now, they didn't they didn't think, "Oh, I want pickles." They we're like, what am, what am I, what's, what's nagging me? What, what is it that I, I'm, I'm hankering for something. There's a reason for that word. We came up with it. So you get a taste or a sense or, or a feeling of what it is that you want. And then you like a clue, like a detective, you're like, oh my God, I, I want pickles. So we never talk about what got us to the conclusion. We only talk about the result. I want pickles. Okay. So we've got to again, pay attention. How do we get that result? So telepathy works largely in making you feel things and your mind races to define all these pieces and organize them like a puzzle so that you can go, oh, this is what it is. I'm, I'm, I want peanut butter or I want to go outside or I, I want this or that or this object. So that's kind of how telepathy works, okay? So when an entity is communicating to you in your sleep, they are going to to more likely, because they can't vocally talk as easy, okay, or if at all, they're going to mentally project feelings that, that they, they are having to you. Your brain is now going to color that canvas as your dream and, and how it interpretates it. Um, <clears throat> oh, come on, that was amazing. Yeah, no, like that, okay. No, all right, that was a little side view horse look. Okay, I, my, my mind right. is like I'm like looking at the questions right. and I'm trying to listen okay. to it at the same time. All right. so. um, uh, when I'm sleeping, that's when I'm most sensitive. Uh, yeah. Says Rebecca. No, it's because your your mind is is less cluttered. You're winding. You're shutting down all the blah 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 blah. And when you get down to a certain frequency level we'll call it or, or thought level you're 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 clear and if they're they're obviously psychic or, or very sensitive they're going to start picking up on things right okay 
Uh, Ronald says, I dreamt I was attacked last night and was trying to wake up, <laughs> uh, but couldn't. Finally, I was able to yell no out loud, woke up, envisioned a envisioned a high guard pyramid shield around me, and fell back to asleep. Yeah. I got a complaint. I'm gonna, I okay. get something on my chest. Okay. Why is it that when we always have these entities doing these crazy things, why can't we have one? I want one that cleans my house. I wake up the next morning, I'm like, oh my god, my entity cleaned the whole house. <gasps> Look, my <laughs> car is washed. <gasps> they painted the house. Why, why is it always bullshit always, you know? Like, like what, what, it's sitting on me, I can't move. What? What, what do you want? Um, that's like expecting all people are bad, right? Or you're yeah, do bad yeah, stuff. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just wish we could get some, some, some really good working ghosts to do some things for us. I think a labor cost would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what, what were they saying? It did it, 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 what, what, what? Uh, they're saying uh, they, he dreamt that he was attacked yeah. last night and was trying to wake up but couldn't. Finally, I was able to yell no out okay. loud. Woke up and, and he did his high guard. In my pyramid. opinion, it sounds more like a. Um, oh God! Why isn't my brain working? I need more coffee. Um, uh, uh, some water. <laughs> I see it. Okay. okay. Um, uh, you know there there are different ways when you when you when you go to sleep and you dream the your body shuts off your your motor gears for your body not to move so when you're running in your dream your 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 brain doesn't want you to physically get up and run and hurt yourself so when you're sleeping it shuts down all your motor gears and sometimes what happens is when you're having a dream and it's scary and you kind of consciously wake up the part that connects to your dreams, your physical movement, okay, is still shut off. And so you feel like you can't move and it's, it's scary. It's real scary shit. Uh, and eventually you, you kinda, it kind of catches up and you, you come to. It sounds to me that it's probably more likely that, and I'm trying to remember the, the clinical name. I mean, everybody knows it. I'm sure people uh, sleep, will be shouting sleep, sleep paralysis. paralysis, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of cases of sleep paralysis that get misidentified into paranormal events. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have an entity do that, and I'll, I'll explain it because I've, I've, I've seen it done. An entity will move into your, your body range, and what it does is that it being energy and your body runs on electrical impulses, hand opens and closes, opens and closes, this is electrical stimulation on your muscles. So some entities have figured out that if they encroach into your energy field, that they actually can suppress your, your muscles to not react so much. And this is what creates this, I can't move, it's sitting on me. Now, there's also sleep paralysis, and more than likely, that's most of the cases, but not every single case. But to define whether what that was, I mean, I'd have to be there, I'd have to meet you know, that person and talk to them and, and kind of figure it out. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Scott says, why is the scientific community so close minded to the paranormal? Um, you know, it, it is an interesting question and you know, there it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because there are a lot of people that are very scientific, very credible, but they get shunned out of the, the kind of uh, institutions. What, what you need to understand is this, this isn't just for the paranormal. This goes on with sexuality and nature. This goes on with all sorts of studies that happen. And what you have to understand is that studies are funded. They're usually funded through an organization or a group. And if that organization and that group doesn't feel comfortable with your topic or your beliefs that you are putting out there, they stop funding. Anybody who's in the academic level who's a scientist will tell you that the funding is what the institutions are constantly pushing you to get. That's how they make their money, okay? So when you disrupt any of these organizations and stuff that they don't want to talk about or they want to hear about or they don't want you involved with – they're going to shut off your, your funding, and therefore it, it's created a level of which um, has, has taken form that there's just this shutout in certain areas. Um, you know, I don't want to get too much because I don't want to offend anybody, but there, there was all these sexuality studies done on animals that went back to like the, the 50s or 40s, and it was bulletproof, like there's no question about this. 
And they they asked later on, you know, here it is, the year 2012, 14. Why were these never published? I couldn't. If I did, I was told all my funding would be pulled. So this is this is the problem. This is a big part of it. So there is good research out there. There's some great research out there, but it gets suppressed because some of these organizations are Christian based. Some of them are other religion based. Some of them feel that the the subject is not something that they want to get in. Remember, there's certain things you don't talk about. What do they say? Sex, politics, and religion. The paranormal kind of falls under religion in a lot of ways, or at least a lot of people who have maybe um, religious backgrounds, um, they don't want to see a pursuit of their money or their investment in these these areas that they feel are in conflict with their own beliefs. So I think that that, that is in some ways a big part of it. I mean the Thank same you. could be said about UFOs. Come on. UFOs don't exist. Aliens don't exist. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, I, 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 it drives me nuts. Okay, how can how can we say in this day and age, you know, as a scientific community, that this is just these people are just seeing things that these these things don't exist? This is an outright uh, uh, denial of of what I think is real reality. So so so. It, this falls true with the paranormal or anything else. This is just 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 a attitude. I think when 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 these people they want to weigh and measure everything, and when they have a hard time doing that, it becomes very intimidating. And their their ideals of how they want to see the world, everything has to to fit in these categories. And when it doesn't, I think it's very threatening to them. Okay, <clears throat> thank you for that. Um, Samantha says, um, vampires, zombies, undead, are these all imagine, ima- <clears throat> all our imaginations or possibly something more? Um, I do want to say we actually, uh, in the Black Friday sale, we actually have something called the game. There's a module that covers like vampires and all that stuff. So. I don't believe um, in vampires in that sense. Not okay, in, not, not in Hollywood. Hollywood okay, sense. Yes, let's yeah. let you know. People throw around. Oh, I <laughs> believe in vampires. Yeah. No, I don't believe in vampires. No. I just say that I've met vampires, <laughs> but not like like what you think. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Ryan asks, <clears throat> "Would." Would exercising your psychic skills help with encounters? If so, what would be a good starting place? Yeah. Ors. Ors, 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 ors. Ors has taken on this generic ta-ta, whatever, you know, you see ors, I see ors, who cares, ors, here, ors, there. Bullshit. Listen, one, most people say they can see ors, they're full of shit. I'm calling you, full of shit. Okay. Can I see ores? Yep. I can see ores. I can see ores like I can see my damn picture in this camera. Okay. It's not a thing that I say, well, when I say I see it, I really just kind of feel it, not really see it. I just say I see it because that's what people understand. Bullshit. You don't see it. You can see it. Okay. So, one, You've got to learn to see auras. We could, we do classes, tons of free stuff. We do classes. Don't, don't, don't. I, I, I hate YouTube. It's so filled with just junk. Does that mean they're going to shut us down now? They might. Uh, it's, just, it's just a cesspool <laughs> of shit information. Okay. Uh, and then people put their spiritual dreams and hopes into all this shit, and when they fail, they think they're the failure. No, you had a shitty teacher. Okay. Uh, the the bottom line is this: auras are real. You can learn to see them literally in. in 30 seconds to a minute, okay? Once you see auras and you see this illumination on stuff, you start looking at other things. You see the illumination all over stuff. You then start to to get better and you start to see definition and defineness and differences between living things and non-living things. The point is, is that in your mind, you have a filter. It's the doubting Thomas. We all have it. And it goes, maybe I'm just chasing a fantasy. Maybe, maybe I'm fucking trying to believe there's unicorns and there just isn't, okay? When you take these small steps, they become huge steps. When you can say, I honestly now can say without a doubt, I'm seeing freaking auras. I'm not telling people I feel it and telling them I think it's it. You're literally seeing it with your fucking eyes, okay? Then something in your psyche accepts this truth. And you understand this is energy. This is an energy that's, that's 
and the excessive energy emanating out of your body. It could be your soul. It could be all these things. But this is a level of, of shaping a higher truth to your doubting Thomas. And so in order to disengage what prevents you from having psychic and spiritual experiences because it's shutting you down, you're, you're undoing all these knots that hold or suppress you. So auras is something that everybody can do. Everybody, and it's fascinating when you really look at it. When you see an entity or something move out of the corner of your eye and you look, there's nothing there. What you seen was the aura body, okay, of somebody who didn't have an organic body no more. Think about that. And you see it out of the corner of your eye because you see it at a higher spectrum out of the corner of your eye than you do directly. So you, when you look, you look at a lower, they disappear. When you were looking out of the side, higher spectrum, like a prism again. So what I'm saying is if you want to work on something, don't shoot for the stars. Shoot, shoot for the simplicity stuff because it builds you faster. It sometimes slower is faster. And in this case, that's the case. Uh, work with auras. Think about auras and then start feeling auras. Think about feeling them. Think about the fact that, that auras contain pure data. It is, it is information. It's intelligence. Think of it like Wi-Fi is just emanating off of people. And you, the more you can relate to that, that is a huge step that actually interconnects with ghosts, entities, everything we're talking about. It's all interrelated. So you, you then, when you're looking for a ghost, you don't say to yourself, I'm looking for some stuff. You start thinking, well, what if I looked at the spectrum of the graveyard like I was looking at my friends with auras? When you have that mental switch in your head, all of a sudden you have a higher level of success seeing phenomena out in the graveyard or in a house or anywhere. Until that occurs to you, and that little, that little transition that, that if I can see an aura in a person, can I see auras if I try to think in that way? That is a barrier breaker. It means that you just upped your game and your skill level of the paranormal and your integration with understanding it. Perfect. And uh, if you want to learn, if you haven't learned how to do that yet, you can search on YouTube just how to see auras. Where, like, the don't first... search on YouTube. Find my stuff. Trust oh, me. Yeah, okay? we're the first... Good. I get to the point and I don't bullshit yeah. and I don't cut corners. You just want the information, yeah. I give it. Yeah. Well, we're the first one that comes up. Well, oh, oh, in that case, yeah, sure. I just, I just looked at, I just looked at that yesterday. I was like, oh, we're the first one that comes up. I just hate half the crap that's out there. You know, like, <laughs> no, I oh, agree. put, I, I put agree. a dove's feather over your head. You know, just like, yeah. are you, for real, for real, for real. Yeah, a lot of it. Where's the quartz crystals, too? Huh? Yeah. Ah. All right. I know. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I know. I know. Love getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, does location play a role? In, uh, in where en entities exist. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I, I think that what how I kind of look at it is when you look at primitive man, the majority of man developed on the seashores. Why? Because there's a food source. There's a, a greater abundance of a food source to sustain yourself, okay? this The, the things in nature often are true almost across the board throughout the universe as far as I can scientifically call it whatever you want. When I look at, at entities, the first question you got to ask is, do they require a source of energy to exist? For us, we have food. We eat stuff. We get, we get bigger. Uh, it, it, it powers our engine for life, okay? A, a soul if it's learning, is, is growing in a sense. It's, it's adding more data. That data needs energy to box it, contain it, utilize it, move it around in your static whatever consciousness is an entity. So it needs a, a fuel source. So this is what we call prana. Prana is everywhere. And I teach people all the time how to see it. It's like a static kind of thing. It's very cool stuff, okay? Anybody can see it. And you don't feel it, you fucking see it with your eyes. Anyway, so in either case... Uh, when you understand prana, I think of it like like um, plankton or something for giant, you know, uh, uh, whales. The you open the mouth, krill, yeah, krill, and it's got yeah. this tiny stuff going in, plankton, plankton. and it, so it works. This is kind of what they're 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 feeding on. It's kind of a a conducive situation where they they find more abundant sources of it. And they're, they're absorbing it, and that's what allows them to sometimes manifest for moments or have points where they're, like somebody was saying, chucking stones. That's exactly right. They need a lot of this energy to move anything in this physical world. So I'll try to give you an instance. This glass for me maybe weighs what? 
two pounds with the water in there maybe i don't know okay and it's not hard to do it's pretty easy i mean i'm pretty lazy so yeah you know it's a, maybe a little workout i don't know not okay but for an entity that's made out of energy that's not necessarily designed organically or in our dimension anymore this may as well be in all honesty 500 pounds can a small person move 500 pounds yes with an enormous enormous concentration and physical push and determination, they might get it to move just a little creepy inch. And you're like, did that just move? It just moved. Oh my God, there's something here. And on the other side, you got this little girl, Peggy, who's a spirit, who's like, like, you know, 19 years old. And she's like, oh my fucking God, that was so hard to do. Oh my God, but look at, look at, I did it. You know, we're like, oh, there's a demon here. It's a spirit. Where is it? Okay. So they need energy, period. Energy needs energy. Okay. It's just changing is what it is. So there are places that uh, have moving water that seems to generate some forms of energy with various forms of minerals and rocks. Sometimes there's continental shifts that create energy in certain areas. But nine times out of ten, every good haunted place that has a lot of good activity usually has some strange level of exchange with what I call the creation of prana energy. And so they're, they're hubs. Oh, interesting. Prana is associated with that. Well, remember what I said earlier about a haunting in the house and the electricity going through the house? Same principle. If the couch moves up against a wall, you just put it in the sweet spot. It's now amplifying from all the springs and metal in there, and it creates this static bubble. They're, uh, they're yeah. using that energy somehow yeah. to, to almost like manifest themselves. It's like if you get it, it's, I often say, it's conductive, yeah, right? my, my, how I used to teach it 30 years ago is I, you have a, a smooth surface like this table mm-hmm. and you take dust, uh, baby powder, and you sprinkle it way up high. You look down, you almost can't see it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But if you push it together, you now have a very visible little mound. It's, it's, you could touch it, you could feel it, it's there, okay? Yeah. It's the same thing. They need to condense themselves with a certain kind of abundant amount of energy in order to have any effect on this physical dimension. And it's very minimal at best. So when you have a crazy, what we'll call a powerful entity, that's very impressive. Where are they pulling their energy from? If you get scared, find it, pull the plug. <laughs> Just moving the if, energy. Listen, if you don't eat for three days, are you, are you up for a rumble? No, hell no, no hell no. We're, we're exhausted, we're tired, blood sugar's low, yeah. get the frick out of my way, where's like, my snicker bar? Food, I need food. Anyway, right? Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Let's see if we got any questions. How long are we going now for? Uh, actually, yeah, we're getting... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know if I don't ask you, hour. you guys yeah, suck I, me dry. I was about to say that, yeah. but then I got this sucked is, into This that. is the problem, having groupies <laughs> do the interviews, you know? Um, you're, you're, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah more, more. Yeah, we're going to try to keep these, you know, like an hour, so I think we'll wrap it up for today. All right, we're going to wrap it up, thank God. Thank you for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. Have a nice day. Is that it? Yeah, we just got to go offline now. So, so we're, we're still, still online. We're still live. We're still live. <laughs> Black Friday. Get the goods. Oh, Best yeah. prices ever. Thank you. Support HBI. Yeah, Thank please, you. Please support us. <clears throat> A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts.
follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing. Somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance. We think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality. A new kind of meditation. A revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 